0: Welcome to the Ninja Knowledge Podcast. My name is Ratasha Airbarian, aka The Ice Ninja. And yes, the name of this podcast has changed. So it used to be called So You Want to Be a Ninja, and now it's called Ninja Knowledge Podcast because, you know, it's just easier to look up, easier to say. So I'm keeping things simple. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about ninja injuries or ninjuries with Coach Casey from ATP Obstacle Gym in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. But before we get into all of that, I just want to give you guys some updates on my ninja journey because it's been a couple months since we've talked. This past month, I competed in my first regional qualifier. It was a UNAA competition. Uh, Coach Casey actually did too, and we brought, I think, around thirteen teammates from ATP. So that was awesome. We got to represent. Casey advanced to the world finals. Some of our teammates did as well, including uh, Coach Kae. He took home the whole thing. So that's awesome. Congratulations to all you guys. I didn't make it to world finals. Honestly, like. I was just happy to compete in regionals and just take in that experience and use that to, you know, see where I'm at. And finals will definitely be a goal next year. Uh, we just had Atomic Wars at ATP as well. Super fun competition, did co ed, took home second to the three time defending champions, Ronald and Gabby. They are amazing. They work so hard and they really just like. They bring it every single time, so I gotta level up every single time I do this. And what was interesting about this competition, it's a hybrid competition, OCR, Ninja, a little bit of everything. This time they added in some running. Now they only added in a half mile run, but let me tell you, that is the thing that I was focusing on the most. Um, It's strength and power and agility and obstacles and all that, but man, this running, I was freaking out a little bit because I don't run. I'll sprint like maybe once a week to work on my warped wall technique, but I am the anti-runner, guys. I hate it. I hate it probably more than anyone that you know, but the five, six weeks leading up to this competition, I was eating beets every day, and I was running a couple times a week just to get that stamina up and it really helped. Uh, The last run that we had to do during that competition, I thought I was gonna die. I definitely wanted to stop. My lungs and my throat were burning for a good five minutes after that run. And it sucked but you know we took home second and i got to challenge myself so take on new challenges and get stronger that's what it's all about if i sound stuffy at all it is because i'm coming down with a cold very slowly and you know it feels like you just want to crawl into bed but this podcast It needs to happen um it's been two months that casey and i have tried to put this together we've had technical difficulties what else went on we had all these competitions so it's just been kind of crazy but this is a really good uh, episode i think you guys will enjoy it Uh, recovery is so important and i don't think we take that into account enough as athletes some things that we're going to talk about on the podcast today include the most common types of injuries that ninjas get we're gonna talk about how you can possibly prevent those injuries, how to come back from those injuries, how to know if you're overtraining, what major injuries and surgeries Casey had to overcome, her favorite recovery moves, her favorite recovery tools. We're gonna to talk about rice, rest, ice, compress, elevate, as well as some other methods that have come up over the past few years. We're talking about elbow tendinitis, so you know when you're first starting ninja or you're like really upping your ninja training. You get that pain in your elbow, we're gonna talk about that too, and so much more. But first, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about Coach Casey's background. Casey has her bachelor's degree in exercise science from Florida Atlantic University. She is a National Strength and Conditioning Association Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist, an American College of Sports Medicine Personal Trainer, a National Strength and Conditioning Association Tactical Strength and Conditioning Facilitator, a National Academy of Sports Medicine Corrective Exercise Specialist, a Spartan XGX coach. She's certified to coach in breast cancer recovery, everything you can think of. And not only that, you know, she has the experience to back it up. So she was on American Ninja Warrior Season 7. And she is a two-time first place finisher at Ultimate Ninja Athletic Association competitions. She also placed top ten several times in the elite female finishes at Battle Frog, Spartan, and Savage Race. And the reason that I decided to bring her on today and to talk about injuries is because I got injured, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, a couple times last year. Minor injuries, but still enough to, you know, have to come back from and inhibited my training. I learned a lot about recovery in that time frame, and a lot of it came from Casey. So I sprained my shoulder, I sprained my ankle, and just learning how to come back from that in the right way is so important because if not, you get injured again and you're out of the game longer and forget your athletics at that point, like your health, you know? It's important to be healthy and to have that balance. So without further ado, please welcome to the Ninja Knowledge Podcast, Coach Casey. Hi, thank you for having
1: me, Ratasha, the Ice Ninja.
0: Nice to have you on here, finally. I know we've been trying to do this for a couple months.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's great to be here. Thank you for asking me to do it. Yeah.
0: No, of course. Um, I'm really excited today because you're going to give us a lot of uh, knowledge on ninjuries or ninja injuries. But before we get into that, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you know who you are and how you got into ninja?
1: Okay. So yeah, my background, um, I, I own Atomic Training Performance right now, and thats a, it's an obstacle-based gym. So we do a lot of um, sports-specific training for obstacle-based sports. So we do a lot of OCR and ninja stuff. And um, I got started in the fitness career about 15 years ago, really. I, I used to work at the FAU Wellness Center, and that's where I got my degree. And then I just kept learning after college. And originally, I was going to go for physical therapy. So I did a lot of internships at different rehab centers. And then, you know, I just started training people outdoors and started training as an independent contractor at different gyms. And I just really liked that. And I decided to just pursue that and it's worked out well. And then from there, honestly, the ninja thing, it just like, it kind of fell in my lap because I've always liked obstacle races. And when Casey Catanzaro got on Ninja Warrior, everyone was like, oh my God, Casey, I think you should do this. And it was just so, because her name was Casey, I'm sure, you know, Mm -hmm. I thought, oh yeah, maybe I could do that. You know, I didn't really take it serious because it's a TV show, you know, and then Mm -hmm. a producer actually called me, which I thought was so strange. I guess they wanted more female signups because ever since her, they wanted to get more females into the sport. And that's how I got involved. And my first competition was Ninja Warrior, which I do not recommend. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, it was such a, I mean, it's a TV show and it was like, I was just really not prepared. Um, you know, you could be good at obstacles. The difference with ninja training is that it's very anaerobic. So you're going from obstacle to obstacle so quick that it's really hard to catch your breath and reach a steady state. One, I wasn't prepared in that sense. But also, two, like, it's just such a big stage. It was late night. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> and then you have yeah, for all sure. the TV, you know, everyone's watching you. There's like 100 competitors go. They only show like maybe... of the runs. So, uh, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people watching you when you go. And I just think I should have, and I do recommend anybody else wanting to go on the show, make sure that you get actually into the sport of Ninja first and try it out a competition.
0: Right. No, like that, that took me a second to process after you said it, I thought you meant like, you know, Ninja warrior in general, like the sport was the first kind of uh, competition you had ever competed in athletically, not the show. That's crazy. (laughs) Did you have any background yourself going into Ninja, like any gymnastics or parkour, anything similar that would have helped on the show?
1: You, you know, not to that level because these people with those backgrounds, they're like super skilled and I don't have gymnastics as a background. I did do gymnastics. I did cheerleading. I did softball. I did cheerleading. I did a little bit of figure skating, believe it or not, Ice Ninja. No way. I, I, for a very <laughs> short time. Um but like I dabbled in everything growing up, and the only thing I got in my back pocket now is a front handspring, which isn't that impressive. <laughs> mm.
0: Hey, it's good for the landings, you know, on the show, and they like that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, that kind of like surprises me though, because uh, you know you have like this baboon grip; they call you the baboon.
1: Right. Yeah. That's my so husband. Is that something you've that. always
0: had? Yeah.
1: I guess so. Um, I think it's because. Um, you know, I had a lot of surgeries to remove and replace uh, breasts that um, were toxic. I didn't have breast cancer, but everyone in my family had. And so I had the gene. And when I had a scare that I possibly had cancer, they did a, you know, they did a test and um, I had a biopsied and it wasn't cancer, but I was 28. And I just thought, you know what, I don't want to live like this. So Mm. my point with that is that I actually can't really hold 90 degrees very well. And so when everyone's like, oh, use your L's and whatever, I've always been lats. And I don't know if it's because of my chest surgeries and the way that the nerves had to uh, regenerate and learn how to execute movements, but it just doesn't feel good for me in that position. So I've always been lats. And so staying long and getting that monkey swing has just been my strong point. And uh, yeah, yeah, my husband just started calling me that and it, everyone else did.
0: <laughs> so that was actually part of your story, right? Uh, being the Breast Cancer Avenger, I believe it was yes, on yeah. the show.
1: Yeah, Breast Cancer Avenger started because I actually, and this is true, I used to do obstacle races and I would always dress in pink because at this time in my life, my mom had breast cancer, my aunt had breast cancer, my cousin had breast cancer. Like I was just surrounded by it and I had known our family history, but to see it, I just always felt like I drew strength in my performance by thinking about them. And I'm like getting emotional right now, like thinking yeah. about it because. Right. You know it still happens where like thinking about people in those situations, like my my cousin, you know she has stage four for two years now mm, three years right. now, and that's the life expectancy for someone with stage three or stage four cancer and and I just think of you know who am i who are you to complain about how hard this workout is or this race when when they have to go through all that, you know
0: that's so true, and so
1: yeah. i've always I've always like kind of dedicated like a little bit of pink in a costume or something like that. When I put that in my submission video, they just kind of ran with it. And uh, that's what they ended up calling me because I ended up starting FUBI Fitness Nonprofit, which was to help women from breast cancer related surgery. So whether you were prophylactic like me, or whether you actually had breast cancer, there wasn't a lot of information for women recovering in terms of exercise.
0: That's real motivation right there. When you when you're thinking about yeah, I'm overcoming obstacles uh, as a sport or overcoming obstacles as a workout, but oh, uh, such you, a you metaphor perspective. Yeah, I mean that's it's really good motivation and like what you're standing for every time you go out and run. I noticed also that it said on the website that you you had five major surgeries in 2012. So that was Correct. that was part of it, right?
1: What was the other uh, surgeries that you had? So four of them were actually for my chest. Mm-hmm. I um, this is kind of a crazy story, to be honest. And this is probably why I got chosen. I was training for a the first ever Ultra Beast, the Spartan Ultra Beast. And this was in Vermont. It was going to be on a mountain um, and it was supposed to be 26 miles. Oh and so God. being from Florida, I was training super hard and I ended up overtraining. And that's something that we're going to get into later in this conversation. Is like, yeah. when when you overtrain, y- your body doesn't have a chance to recover properly. And so it was just a simple thing, uh, doing double dutch, my knee just popped and I tore everything, ACL, MCL, LCL, meniscus. So the, the knee injury was, I mean, the knee surgery was after. And
0: um, like, how did you come back from those injuries? Because I, I can't imagine, like I sprained my ankle and sprained my shoulder. And like, that's why I wanted to uh, get you on here. Those were minor, but yeah. they felt like forever. It felt like it was never going to get better. And like, it's so minor comparing it to, to what you just told me. But How did you come back from those injuries, both, you know, mentally and uh, physically? Because as an athlete, as much as you try, it's really hard not to make that a part of your identity, you know?
1: Exactly. Like you have that 100% correct in terms of like when people like us who are athletes um, thrive off just getting that training in and it's like kind of taken away from you. I mean, trust me, I found things that I could do. I would uh, do an indoor bike. I would walk a lot. I had to keep going to to PT for my knee and really took it slow and minimally do what I could like in terms of, I would make sure I would do something every day, 30 minutes to an hour, maybe, but it wasn't ever high impact. Mm -hmm. It wasn't compromising anything like just to prove that I could. Like, I feel like sometimes when people come back from an injury, they feel like, oh man, I was at the top and then I just, you know, and now I crash, I'm not going to get back as fast. And then they end up prolonging the injury because they rush back to it. So, and I still answer emails from women who go through this and they see my YouTube videos and the number one advice to them and everybody at home is patience. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be patient and listen to your body and not your ego. That's the number one piece of advice.
0: So would you say that, uh, this was going to be a question I was going to ask you, actually, would you say
1: you think that's the biggest mistake that athletes make when they try to come back from an injury? A hundred percent. I, because, you know, as a coach, I see it all the time. I see people don't want to admit they're hurt. And the thing is how we touched on earlier. I knew, I kind of knew that I was over training and, but I was like, okay, this is it. I, this was my last, this was like my last day, two weeks before the big race training super hard. And then I just decided to do double Dutch, which was so mm-hmm. outside of the sport that I was training for. And I used to be good at it 20 years ago, but then that's what did it. My knee was already like, like everything was, so weak from overtraining right. that it was just an easy break because they it's the ego driven way of being an athlete and training for a sport.
0: Right? Yeah. Like as an athlete, I mean, it kind of feels like you're superhuman sometimes because people literally tell you all the time, like, "Wow, I can't believe you could do that! You're so strong!" This and that, and then that that gets to you, and you're like, "Well, yeah, I can, I can do this, and I can do that," and then you end up overtraining. How do you um how do you how can you tell if you're overtraining?
1: You know, this is this is a good question. I like this question a lot because um I always try to make sure that people are aware of their body but then you have this whole mentality and then especially on what you see in social media where it's like maybe you follow somebody and they inspire you and they're always going like always going and never promoting recovery and so people mimic that you just keep pushing and listening to that voice that like oh i don't be a sissy like Mm -hmm. spartan up or hustle Um, hustle hustle yeah right right but if you are stale in your training you're not starting to see any more gains and you're just feeling really tired or your sleepings off the thing is overtraining is a neurological symptom so it starts with the neurons and and then by the time you get injured you're so far overtrained that you really need to take that time off because what's happening is your neurons aren't firing correctly and summating the the contraction that they need to. Mm-hmm. It's always too late. People always realize too late that they were overtraining. And I you could tell people, and honestly, people get offended. They think that, oh, no, it's fine. But what what everybody really needs to do is make sure that they program a recovery day or two into their schedule. And that's how you know you're not overtraining is because you are training to recover. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we can definitely talk about like what you would put into a recovery day. I definitely want to talk about that. But first, what are some common injuries that you would normally see in ninjas?
1: Overuse injuries, um, a lot of tendonitis or just muscle strains and sprains. And like we said, sometimes that happens because either a sudden impact or from overuse. Mm -hmm. You mentioned
0: tendonitis. When I first started doing ninja, like the first few months, even just going once a week, I started feeling pain in my elbow and I noticed that I wasn't the only one, like other people getting into the sport. Absolutely. Like how does that happen and how can you treat or prevent that?
1: A lot of it is the L's or like say if you were doing the salmon ladder and the way you lock in that jolt, but a lot of it is mainly because you're flexing so much in your forearms that you're working just that one side. So you're constantly overusing the one side, and you're not creating that balance on the other side. So if you actually turn your palm down and pull your hand up, those extensor muscles are getting weak now because you're constantly flexing and grabbing your hands around things. So it's just a complete imbalance between both sides of the forearm. Mm -hmm. Is there like a stretch
0: you can do to kind of help that or any kind of maybe nutrients that might be missing? I think I've heard something about maybe magnesium, something that could help with that.
1: You know, there's always new information about sports and fitness coming out. And everybody has a voice now Mm -hmm. with the internet. So I don't know about magnesium. But I will tell you, um, making sure that you can take turmeric or things like that, that help inflammation, that's always gonna, that's always gonna assist Because every time we work out, we're causing little tears, Mm -hmm. you know? So if you don't allow it to recover, or like we said, if you are doing too much in one plane of motion, like for instance, only flexing at your forearms and not working those extensor muscles and actually maybe having a band around your hand and pushing against it so that you work that other side of your forearm. So like imagine reverse curls with a bar, you know, so you're just kind of extending those hands back up and down and working the opposite side of the form. That's going to help the most is those corrective exercises. Right.
0: Isn't there like a another one too, where you put like a rubber band around your fingers and kind of do those extensive with your fingers? Yeah. yeah.
1: That's a really cool um, tool that I've mm-hmm. seen lately, which is pretty awesome because everyone's always trying to incru- improve their grip, their grip, their grip, but this is going to help create that muscular balance that you need so that you don't overuse one side of Mm -hmm. of your body. Anytime you start to feel pain, hopefully people would listen to it. But a lot of times, especially with ninja, it's like you try to keep pushing through because well, my hands don't hurt. So let me just keep using it.
0: Yeah. When when I had rolled my ankle, like I thought I just rolled it. I didn't know I sprained it. It was at one of our mini comp nights. Like I can't tell you how that happened. So I did the lache and like landed really weird on the floor and rolled it over and then decided mm-hmm. to do the mini comp anyway and there was a lot of balance and it did really well and then the next morning i woke up and there was a golf ball on my ankle so
1: like i'm not saying that you have to be overtrained to get an injury things just happen mm-hmm. a lot of times sometimes it's just the luck of the draw and you landed weird or whatever but having done stability training on a bosu especially it helps your ankles learn how to uh, kind of roll with that roll, if you will. Like if you were on a trail and you happen to hit a rock and roll your ankle, happens to me all the time. But I've actually never had an ankle injury. I think because I do so much stability training. Right. Those. Yeah, that's really good. I always have to do stability training as part of my warm up before I do ninja stuff. This is what's great about the BOSU is that you're working ankle knee hip stability at the same time. Right. Yeah, that's
0: good. So shoulders. That's another one I got to ask about because that happened to me. I didn't know what was going on. And of course your mind goes to Google and you think the worst thing happened. So I'm like, oh my God, did I dislocate it? But it was a sprain. I was at uh, Flash's gym, Jordan, and we were doing a speed course and I decided not to try this obstacle before doing the speed course. Cause I was like, well, if I want to simulate a real competition, I should leave something in there for a surprise. I don't know exactly what they're called. Uh, They tilt back and forth. They could be called tilted frames. They kind of swing and tilt back and forth, and mm-hmm. then you have to traverse across it. And I was doing that as fast as I could. I didn't have any experience on the obstacle. It tweaked me the wrong way. and After I was done with my run, I felt it right away. I was like, something is not right. I can't move my yeah. arm.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, any kind of joint is at risk for real like you know we talked about ankles knees and we're moving on up elbows so now shoulders are huge everything is overhead pretty much you know so the main thing with with shoulder injuries a lot of times is doing that proper warm-up but also again keeping corrective exercises as part of your you know regular routine so I always do a three part warm up. Range of motion, dynamic so that I get my heart rate up. And then the third part is always corrective exercises. And what I mean by that, and this is something I learned in my therapy bra- background, is that you want to target those little muscles first because they need to fire. If everything is not firing, like how we talked about the nervous system all working together, if everything's not firing correctly, then that puts the other muscles at risk. So the rotator muscles, they're very tiny. And so apparently if you had a you know an imbalance in there and like you're saying it was your lat that's not a rotator muscle but it can affect your shoulder mm-hmm. girdle so doing those small smaller movements for the whole shoulder girdle and shoulder joint are really going to help keep mm-hmm. them protected yeah from injury. No, that makes a lot of sense
0: like regularly right because like everything's connected everything affects everything
1: you know, sometimes um, on my right side where I had most the most surgeries on my shoulder, it can get thrown off a little bit. And I think anyone who's had these type of surgeries, uh, mastectomy, I mean, it's like your shoulders naturally want to roll forward. So I work a lot with women too. That had those surgeries on retracting the shoulder blades. And this is everybody in general, because we're all hunched over our computers and our cell phones. So our shoulders curl forward and then we're lengthening our rhomboid. So focusing on pulling those back, especially, really helps put things in alignment. But the other day, I wasn't warmed up and I just jumped in to be a partner with somebody mm-hmm. else in the class as part of the warm up in the class I was teaching. And all I did was literally throw a ball and wow. i felt it you know what i mean so it's like i hadn't done any range of motion i hadn't gotten the blood flow in there yet and just that little thing i was like oh but i listened to my body mm-hmm. and i just didn't do it again All you right. know? so
0: how would you say that you can treat these injuries once they've already occurred like the let's just use shoulder ankle and i guess knee as examples
1: it's interesting because i mean you and i have talked about different types of things out there now rice versus cam mm-hmm. was one of the things that you said and I think, I think they all kind of have their place. So there's also one called meat. So what people don't know, rice is rest, ice, compression, elevation. Everybody knows that one. Now people are like, oh, you shouldn't ice because that stops inflammation. Inflammation's good. I kind of take from each type of thing we're talking about. I take from rice, cam, and meat. Meat is movement, exercise, analgesic treatment, and therapy, which means like – and I say IDs, which are, mm-hmm. you know, like Tylenol type stuff. That's the analgesic treatment. And then cam, like you said, compress active recovery, massage, I think they all have their place. So right away, if something happens to me and like if I just landed and I twist on my ankle and it hurts, I think you should absolutely get off of it. So you're going to rest. You're going to ice it. You're going to keep that ice on it. And maybe if you don't have compression nearby, that's fine. But you have to elevate it, you know. So I think immediately following an injury like that, where you're very aware, it wasn't just like, oh, later on, it started to hurt then you need to do that right away just so you don't cause further Right. I think that's
0: very key. I'm horrible with that.
1: With what? Resting or what?
0: Yes, with resting. I am awful with that. Um, I'm very stubborn and I don't know how to sit still. So when I sprained my ankle, uh, I did the mini comp anyway and I placed first that night. But the next morning, my reward was an ankle the size of a golf ball. And I iced that day. You know, I tried to stay off of it as much as I quote unquote could – And that night I went out because I already had plans. I put flats on to not, you know, make the issue worse in heels. And I should have just stayed off of it. I should have just stayed home and iced. But, you know, you live and you learn. Um you mentioned earlier that inflammation may actually be a good thing and I'm curious as to why because I've never heard of that before.
1: This is what people have started to think now is that you you know you don't want to delay the inflammation because inflammation, you know, like all the things in your blood are helping it recover. But um I don't I wouldn't say you're delaying it. I just say you're trying to uh not hurt yourself from further injury and that's where everything has its like kind of phase. Like you're we're talking like in the first couple hours, definitely put ice on it. You know, um, inflammation is going to happen regardless. So if you want to take anti-inflammatory drugs simply because of the pain, then you can do that. I don't do that. I, I rely more on what's in my diet. So if you have an injury, you know, what you're eating can truly affect how much inflammation is in your body. And this goes for general for like disease and stuff. And this is what I talk to with my cancer patients is that um, you have to kind of have that cancer-free lifestyle where you're not taking these preservatives and sugar and alcohol and caffeine and all this processed crap that um, your body kind of doesn't know how to process, which is interesting because if you read these chemicals, it's like, okay, these aren't naturally occurring. So how does my body even really break these down? You know, Having turmeric and things like that in your diet, they're going to help that. Just in general, um, antioxidants like fruits and vegetables, anything colorful, like When people say they're not including things like that in their diet because of sugar, I just kind of like roll my eyes because those things have anti-inflammatory properties already. All right. So we've
0: learned that turmeric and fruit are ways that we can bring down inflammation through our diet. And of course, you can also ice the injury to bring down the inflammation. Is there a timeline you can give us on how much you should rest the injury? Because... You know, it's a catch-22. You don't want to make the injury worse, but you also don't want to baby it so much that the muscles get stiff and you prolong the process of
1: recovery. Every body is different. Every injury is different. The way the injury happened is different. Every procedure, doctor, body is different. So it's not a one-size-fits-all for a lot of times. But within the first day, you do kind of want to test out your range of motion, you know, so within... So say you like ice and elevate it for 12 hours, and then before that 24-hour period's up, just see where your range of motion is at. Like, don't force it to do anything, but but can you point, can you flex, Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, you know?
0: I don't know if you've ever tried this before, but I have a friend that's an athletic trainer, and when I sprained my ankle, of course, it was about a month away from a competition, and I called her up and said, How do I speed up this process? Because I need to be able to perform in a month. Um, I stayed off of it for a week, and she had told me to do e-stem therapy, basically to put these um, electrodes on my ankle and pump out the inflammation. And then after that, crank it up as high as I could tolerate and do some exercises like flexion, extension, writing the alphabet, and uh, doing calf raises. And the whole point of this eStem therapy was to shut off the pain response in my brain so that I could work on range of motion and get stronger in a shorter period of time. What's your opinion on this type of recovery?
1: The thing is, you didn't, you didn't just say, oh, it's been a week. I've been good to my ankle. Let me go run five miles. That's where people make a mistake, you know. But definitely trying to get that movement in there is super important. What you were saying about the um, e the eStem. Um, What's great about that is actually that you're putting the electrodes on those smaller muscle fibers. Like it's not so you're making those weaker muscles that might have been firing wrong in the first place. You're telling them, hey, contract, contract, contract. So in general, again, you're training that you are really training the nervous system to be able to fire correctly. Yeah, it's
0: definitely good to be able to wake up those smaller muscles that you wouldn't be able to hit otherwise. Uh, Now, talking more in terms of compression What's your opinion on wraps and braces?
1: If I were to have any pain, I probably would wrap it just so that Mm. I was aware and wouldn't hurt it further. But with these people that like are constantly using wraps so that they can keep doing the workout that hurt them in the first place, you know, it kind of doesn't make much sense. You're just putting a band aid on and you're not really helping the situation. Maybe you're not making it worse, but you're definitely not exactly helping it what's helping it is going to be doing those corrective exercises and being smart about your training
0: casey we've talked a lot about
1: preventing
0: and bouncing back from injuries now let's talk about where recovery fits in to your competition schedule
1: well ideally if you're training for a competition then you are kind of being cyclic in your training program so i'm training to peak at that competition so um how what two two or three weeks ago we went and did that ninja comp I was training to get to that point. I did the performance and then I kind of like took it easy the week afterwards. And this is just for me personally. I know a lot of people can go straight to it, but like I said, I have some issues in my body that as a personal level, I know I should lay off the obstacles for like a week. And then I just focus kind of more on the corrective exercise and the strength training and just sports performance conditioning Mm -hmm. stuff versus the actual skill stuff of obstacles you know, we're really only working hard for a couple minutes in Ninja, but it's hard. You're taking some serious landings. You're, you're doing things you might not have ever done before. And you're making big moves and you're trying to be even faster about it. So there's a lot that can go on there. And so to an average person be like, Oh, you, that wasn't really a workout as much as you would actually train for it, but you put your body through, through a lot of stress, even if it was just a couple minutes. So for me, I know that I need to take it easy for at least a couple days. In terms of not doing the same type of competition in my training, but getting to that overall conditioning stuff.
0: Yeah, I asked that question because I noticed that some ninjas like Coach Kaye will do speed courses and mini comps the week of a competition, and others will take that week completely off to rest their hands and their body in general.
1: That's the main thing for me. It's not that my hands hurt, it's just the skin hurts. I still practice grip, don't get me wrong. I'm still practicing grip stuff. I'm just not doing all the overhead stuff as much. Coach Kaye is a freak though. I mean, he's and you got to imagine he's he's never had an injury. He's been doing this for years. He comes from a parkour background. So you can't look at him and be like, well, he just competed yesterday and he's back to training already. And so I could do the same thing.
0: Right. You know, it's all about you on an individual level and how your body feels. And as far as not doing overhead hanging stuff for grip, one thing that you mentioned to me was uh, carries. So that's something that you can do. Uh, to work on your grip without destroying your hands the week of a competition. You recommend not ninja training more than three times per week, correct?
1: Right now I'm three times a week because we're leading up to finals. But afterwards, maybe once, twice a week um, to maintain and, and learn new things. But like, yeah, I think even three times a week for me is um, definitely a reach. But that's just me being more specific and, you know, locking it into peak at, at finals But there's people that can go out there and do this stuff every day, and they do. And that's just who they are, you know, like those circus people.
0: Yeah, three days is a lot for me too. But you know what? It helped my performance when I was getting close to the competitions. So I definitely did the same kind of thing that you did. Now, how did you avoid overtraining on your ninja days with all of the grip and upper body obstacles involved?
1: Um, So for me, what I'm doing right now is kind of like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday type thing. So yesterday I did, I went hard on Ninja and honestly, I probably couldn't do it today if I wanted to, unless it was balanced stuff. You can alternate upper body stuff, lower body in terms of obstacle, like balanced stuff. But like today I actually went and did our conditioning class because these are going to strengthen me in every single way. You know, I didn't do anything that was going to tear my grip up so that I couldn't ninja tomorrow or anything that was going to make me too sore. Any sport you do, you need to include conditioning outside of that sport, lift some weights, use some bands, use some balls, do different movements that are going to make you stronger in every way, because that's, that's just how you cross train and become the best athlete possible. Because even though, you know, maybe single leg plyos aren't, a part of ninja, they're definitely gonna make me stronger, faster, jump higher. So I want to ninja train three times a week. And then I want to kind of cross train two or three times a week, I'm going lightweight and lots of reps at the at this point, I'm not trying to make any strength gains and go heavy or anything like that. I'm just trying to, you know, feel good. And keep my mind in the game. Because again, like, I don't want to just do nothing. I don't want to just recover. And -hmm. just do like light stuff every day. In between ninja,
0: conditioning is so important the lifting the sprinting the jumping all of it is for the purpose of making gains on these obstacles and you know today as we're recording this it is a thursday which is recovery night at atp can you walk us through what a recovery class looks like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So similar to what we would do in a regular warm-up class is that range of motion stuff. We always take the joints through range of motion. Um, one just to kind of wake even wake the body up and the athlete themselves so that they can notice, okay, I'm doing arm circles and I'm feeling something as I go backwards. So you kind of like get that body awareness going on from the get-go. Then we do a little bit of like turf drills, but like really slow down. So we're, we're taking a few steps and then we're swinging a leg or nothing high intensity. We have our shoes off, by the way, for recovery. We do kind of like a 30-minute yoga slash recovery stretch, we're taking nice, slow breathing through the stretches and repeating them a couple times. Because what happens with stretching is there is a organism in your muscle that doesn't want you to stretch as far as you can. It's trying to protect you. But if you stretch to this range and then you relax it and then you take Mm -hmm. it to that stretch again, you're going to be able to go a little bit deeper and further in that stretch because you're inhibiting that reflex. So we do do it a couple times on each stretch, on each side of the body. And then the last 30 minutes, we kind of do um, a little bit of digging, foam rolling. So digging would be like the lacrosse ball um, we do foam rolling or myofascial release with the heavy bar. So that's when you're actually kind of rolling out the muscle. So a lot of people know what foam rolling is, but it's it helps get out knots in the muscles um, versus like the lacrosse ball where you're focusing on trigger points. When those are localized, you're sending that signal again through the nerve back to the brain to say, hey, stop firing here. So that's what the lacrosse ball is doing. When you do the foam rolling or the barbell, um, heavy bar on your, say you're smashing out your your quads, we do that as a smash. Um, What you're doing is you're sending out all that metabolic byproduct back into your bloodstream and then you roll it back. So say if I, if I roll the bar down towards my knee, don't go over the joint and then you roll it back up. You're sending the fresh Mm -hmm. oxygen back in there, like the oxygenated blood to that area. So you roll out the crap and you bring in the new stuff.
0: There's a lot of different techniques that you use in your class and a lot of different tools. What would you say is your favorite
1: recovery toy? Probably be the lacrosse ball, just because you can like really dig into the muscles and kind of clean out your scaps and and, uh, digging on your feet is amazing.
0: And uh, what would you say is your three favorite recovery moves?
1: Well, the first one would be um, because my upper body issues, I would say the TRX, because you can really get a good range of motion in each stretch. So you can kind of like move through this fluid movement of just stretching in different areas of your shoulders and your chest. So I love that. Two is the box stretches that we do for legs. So imagine like in yoga, you do a pigeon move. We do that, but using a box so either if you're not flexible enough it kind of helps you assist the move and then if you're very flexible it kind of helps you get deeper into the stretch so i love those and then number three i'm going to say sleep getting lots of rest is favorite way to recover
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. for sure for sure all right so what's your least favorite recovery toy or method just because it might be maybe more painful maybe it takes more time to do
1: definitely the voodoo floss um Like I said, my husband's a fan of it. I just feel like it's wrong on me. It takes a few, because you have to leave it on there for a few minutes. And it just like takes quite some time until that awkward pain feeling goes away. So that's not really my favorite, but I'm glad it works for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, probably have to link up a video or something that it's pretty crazy when you go through it, it just doesn't feel right yeah. <laughs> it feels good afterwards
1: right yeah it does um, feel good after but it's just hard to get with so we
0: talked a lot about recovery today and injuries and i, I think we pretty much covered everything but i want to do a little lightning round to end here Ooh, if you're fun. down for that
1: okay yeah cool so
0: she didn't know this was coming
1: yeah what's this <laughs> about <laughs> lightning round let's do it
0: what is your favorite american Inch warrior obstacle
1: Ooh. That is such a hard one. Oh man. Wow. I got you already. <laughs> what was it? You know what? You you did get me. Um I think it's called the big dipper just cuz it looks really fun. It's uh-huh. like I think you swing from a bar and then you have to kind of lache and then catch like yourself on like kind of a bag situation. I think that just looks really fun. What would you say is your least favorite obstacle? Anything balance really because I always get fearful of my knee, but um I need to get over that. So a uh, balanced stuff, I just don't have the confidence in. And they always have fast balance, so it's even more yeah. tricky.
0: Mm-hmm. What was the obstacle that took you out on American Ninja Warrior Season 7?
1: Ooh, okay. I call it the turbo log. I'm not really sure what it's called, spinning log maybe. But it's like the one where mm-hmm. you have to wrap your whole body around this log and then it spins an incredible amount of times Until you just it's not even the thing is it doesn't take any skill. Even if it wasn't me that got thrown off of it, I feel like it's just like a gravitron and it's like, let's see where you shake out and land, you know? It's not really like I couldn't fit around it, so I couldn't really hold on. So it doesn't I don't know, it's just just a silly obstacle.
0: I think maybe like if we got you on ice and taught you how to do some spins, it would have helped a little
1: bit. No, Ratasha. My history of vertigo, (laughs) it's never happening.
0: Oh, that's right. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm going to hit you with an actual American Ninja Warrior application question. Oh. What would be three words that other people use to describe you?
1: I would say motivating. I would hope because I'm a coach and, you know, even when I'm on the sidelines, I'm freaking cheering super loud for everybody. I I love being a cheerleader. And then um, ambitious is another one because I'm just kind of one of those people that like, I always have a list of things I want to do. I knock out a goal and it's like, what's next? So that's number two. Number three, um, hopefully just that I'm a good mom. Awesome. You know, it's hard. So
0: yeah, no, I, can't, I can't even imagine. But Marco's very inspired to move and motivated every day by you guys. I see him running around yeah, on he's, Instagram.
1: He's going to be a ninja.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And what would you do if you won the $1 million on American Ninja Warrior?
1: I would probably definitely share the wealth with the family and stuff and um, definitely expand ATP and take over that whole freaking complex. I'd buy that building and just make it like a super ATP complex and include an indoor track and like everything else I want in one place. Yeah,
0: it'd be awesome. Maybe some rock climbing.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, a little bit of everything.
0: What is your definition of an American Ninja Warrior?
1: My definition of American Ninja Warrior is um, just somebody who... You know, despite any obstacles in their way, whether it's like time or just, you know, health issues or whatever, that they still continue to be inspired by other people, like just being inspired by other people and not being threatened by other people's success, but being inspired by it to make themselves better. So whether it's actually at obstacles or just in career or whatever, I just think that the Ninja Warrior spirit is definitely about overcoming things and being inspired by the people around you.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think that's what makes um Ninja Warrior what it is. Like that's what really makes it stand out is the camaraderie and just like you all have one goal to overcome that course on your own terms with your own battles, but also just like uplifting other people and yeah, encouraging them to, you know, get stronger. So,
1: yeah, it's very easy to look at these people and be like, "Wow, I could never be that level." I mean, I've definitely said that to myself, but at the same time, I'm very proud of how far I have come. Um, because this is my story and they, they have their own story. So I think as long as you can look at it in that perception, like I'm not going to be the next Jesse Graf, but I'm going to keep getting better. Cause I'm training for it, you know?
0: big thanks again to coach Casey for coming on today and sharing her expertise with us, her knowledge about injuries and recovery. Um, I know myself, like I said, I've been injured. I've been guilty of overtraining and not even realizing it. And, uh, it's taken, you know, some friends to tell me that sometimes. So if you think your friend is overtraining, please tell them because a lot of times we just can't tell, you know, you're always going after these, uh, obstacles and these goals and, The lines get blurred sometimes. So we got to take care of ourselves, guys. And if you use some of the tips in this podcast today and it helps you out, please let everyone know. Uh, Tell everyone about this podcast. So you can go on to Instagram. I'm on there. My name is at the underscore ice underscore ninja. Take a screenshot of this podcast. Put it in your story. Tell people what you learned. DM me on Instagram. Let me know what you learned. You can reach out to ATP Obstacle Gym. They are ATP underscore obstacle gym all one word and make sure to go check out their facility in fort lauderdale if you're around it's a really cool place if there's anyone in particular that you think that I should interview for this show, or if there's a topic in particular you want to talk about, an obstacle in particular, whatever the case, I just said particular like three times in five seconds, please let me know on Instagram. DM me there again, the underscore ice underscore ninja. And one more thing, guys, we are now on iTunes. So if you scroll to the bottom of the episode, you're going to find a place where you can write a review. And you know, it's all about reviews nowadays people want to know, you know, why is this show good? Why should I listen? Why should I share this? I can't just do that. (laughs) I need your help. That's how we get this uh, information out there. And it is free information. So, you know, why not please write a review? It would help out a lot. Until next time, guys, go get your recovery on. I'm rolling out on my foam roller. I will talk to you guys soon.